1: This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Travel Group. Southwestern Travel crafts custom, memorable travel experiences for meetings and incentive travel, leisure travel, and student group travel for clients around the world. We connect travelers to memorable destinations and life-enriching experiences through personalized counsel and management of all the travel details. Our team of travel advisors design itineraries and experiences to best match with you and your group's travel style and interests. Southwestern Travel goes above and beyond to elevate your corporate events and personal trips. To bring your next inspired event or leisure trip to life and receive a free destination guide, go to wwwsouthwesterntravelcom forward slash action.
0: Today on the Action Catalyst, we have Roman Chiporuka, the co founder and CEO of Space VIP. So, Roman, we're so excited to have you on the show today. And as I was just saying, being the co founder and CEO of Space VIP sounds so fascinating, especially with what's going on right now. I mean, heck, in the last few weeks, you've had Jeff Bezos from Blue Origin and Richard Branson from Virgin Galactic go into space. And I know Elon Musk is probably right behind them. And I think that the high profile launches has been on a lot of people's mind getting the attention of the world. So what do the success of those missions mean for space tourism right now?
2: Sure. Thank you uh, for having me on the show. Really glad to be here. Yes, uh, this has been the most exciting American space mission since 1969, <laughs> when we put a man on the moon. Um, and I think what those gents are doing is phenomenal. You know, rising tides, raise ships, and the fact that all of this has gone global is really fascinating. And, and everyone needs to consider that those folks going up to space just creates more energy and more inspiration for other people to get involved in space and space adjacent endeavors. I've been working with the ultra high net worth for nearly two decades. And in 2018, we were approached by a private space company who said, hey, we hear you work with the ultra high net worth. We'd love some assistance uh, in promoting these missions to the International Space Station. And two years later, we were able to bring them a paying client, which is how Space VIP started. I mean, I I realized fairly early on that all anyone could focus on is billionaire goes to space, 50 million to go to space. And the landscape of new space, which is what this industry is called, is quite vast. And there are so many incredible opportunities up there that do not cost $50 million and that are affordable, quote unquote. Yes, they're they're still expensive, but you can do space related things for five or or ten thousand dollars, which is in effect why we started Space VIP to inspire and to educate the public about all of the incredible opportunities out there.
0: Yeah. So tell us more about that. Your vision statement of Space VIP says universal space literacy will enable us to overcome the most critical challenges facing humanity. So define what you mean by universal space literacy.
2: I think it's important for everyone to understand the the results of going to space. Just the fact that you and I are having this conversation is a result of technology that was created for space. And a lot of people fail to recognize that. And I think the more people know all of the advancements that they're enjoying in their daily lives that come from space, the more open they'll be. And there won't be any of this negative rhetoric that you're seeing in the news saying, oh, billionaire goes to space, but I can't feed my kids. So universal space literacy means exactly that. People need to know that Fundamental disease research such as cancer or Parkinson's is happening up there. Drug development, MRI and CAT scan technology research, 3D organic printing. If you're talking about farming and and improving food production, the satellite imagery can actually tell a crop yield on a pixel by pixel basis, enabling farmers to better decide when to add water or fertilizer or when to harvest. So space technology and the work that can only be done in space can and will have a direct effect on improving life on this planet. And it's imperative that the public start to understand this. And listen, everyone's entitled to their opinions, but I think if they're better informed, those will be curtailed and hopefully shift to a more positive understanding and a greater engagement.
0: Wow, Roman, that is inspiring. As I hear you say that, what comes to mind is mission-minded space travel, where you have science and food and all the things that are necessities to life, where there's a mission connected to the trip. Is that what you're saying?
2: Exactly. All of the guys going to the International Space Station for the 10 day mission that we've helped close out, all of them are going with a mission purpose. They're working with whether it's the Mayo Clinic or other organizations, St. Judes and doing major cancer research. So those folks aren't going up there to hang out and float around in, in zero gravity. These are individuals who are deeply invested in the future of humanity and Every astronaut that I've spoken to in the last three years all talk about the overview effect. Are you familiar with that? I am, but tell us about it. So, the overview effect is an actual verified uh, sentiment and, and, and feeling that one gets when seeing the Earth from space. When you see our planet suspended in this, you know, in, in the cosmos, you realize how small you are. You see the earth without borders or dogmas or conflict. You see it as just this beautiful planet that you want to nurture and cultivate as you would a small child. So imagine a person of means experiencing the overview effect. One would think that this person would come down and hopefully say, I've seen this. I felt this. I understand. I will now allocate X amount of dollars of my fortune to make sure that there's clean water for everyone or there's no poverty or there's more food, whatever it may be. So those are all real things. And I keep going to the universal space literacy. The more that people start to understand these concepts, the better off all of us will be because we'll be able to democratize space. And if more people go up there, they'll bring the cost down. So hopefully my children who are five and seven can go for $50,000 instead of $50 million. Speaking of that,
0: Roman, you have a client scheduled to go to the International Space Station in 2022. Man, that sounds exciting. So what is he doing to prepare for that trip?
2: Yes, it's, it's terribly exciting. We helped sell the last of only three tickets for a 10-day mission to the International Space Station. And the group is set to go in January of 2022. And they're doing all sorts of fascinating things. It's part of a four-and-a-half-month intensive training between Houston Star City in Russia and Germany, where they're focused on a lot of the psychological challenges that one might have of going to space, centrifuge training uh, to simulate G-forces that they'll experience upon going to space, and then re-entry, as well as other simulation training. So it's, it's quite fascinating, and we're all really excited for them, because that'll be the first all-private astronaut mission to the International Space Station. There have been 566 astronauts that have gone to space. I believe only nine or 10 of those are private individuals.
0: Roughly, what's the current ticket?
2: Those tickets went for $50 million. The cost for future missions is $50 plus depending on who you decide to go with, because there are a couple of different operators that can facilitate that sort of adventure.
0: That's incredible. Man, I have so many thoughts around how that is possible. I know one of the things that you and your your company provide is a little bit of a step. And and I wonder if this is part of the training you're talking about, where I think the company is called Zero-G and they're based out of Las Vegas where you can
2: experience
0: no gravity. Tell us a little bit about that. And is that connected to you at all?
2: Yes, absolutely. We work closely with uh, Zero Gravity. They're an incredible company. And one of the offerings that I mentioned to you that are not $50 million and are, are more affordable, a Zero Gravity ticket costs about $7,500 per person. It's about a half day experience and you get to go on a a converted 727 that flies parabolas. They're basically aeronautical maneuvers that replicate a lunar and Martian surface as well as a zero gravity environment. I actually did that about a month and a half ago and it's tremendous. Anyone that's interested in going to space Absolutely should do this. A zero-gravity experience is the first point on, let's call it a a private astronaut certification. Um, And that's part of why we created Space VIP is because everyone's so busy focused on the $50 million tickets or billionaires going to space. That they don't talk about all of these really cool experience like zero gravity or centrifuge training or putting on a simulator and experiencing re-entry like Richard Branson or even putting on an astronaut spacesuit and pressurizing it and trying to walk around. Those things are available. You can fly to Russia and go to Star City, which is where all of the cosmonauts train and go into this massive underwater pool and replicate doing a spacewalk. That's what it would feel like to be floating around in space doing work on the space station as you see the astronauts doing on television. And all of those experiences can be done right here on Earth.
0: Man, that is amazing, Roman. You know, as you see the vision of space VIP and the future of space travel, what would you see on the near horizon of the experiences
2: people could be doing in the future of, of going into space? Well, there's a lot of folks interested in space and those interested in space are familiar with things like zero gravity and centrifuge and training and going to launch sites in in Florida and seeing the rockets go up. But I think the future and the excitement that's been created by Richard, Jeff, and hopefully Elon as as he continues to send rockets up there and, and, and payloads is more people get inspired to learn about space and actually look at it as a possibility that's available in their lifetime. You know, when I started doing this in 2018, some of my clients uh, to whom I I proposed this, said, Oh, Roman, that's really funny. The only way I'm going to space is when I die and go to heaven. And now the conversation is is much different. People are asking real questions and taking great interest in all of the possibilities. And some folks has, have said, oh, these offerings are tremendous. This is the future. And my response is, it's happening now. It, it is not the future. It is it is the present. People are doing this. People are focused on going to space. Yuri Milner, um, a big investor and an aeronautical scientist or aerospace engineer, says in his Breakthrough Starshot initiative, he says, we need to unite as one world to make real advancements and become the spacefaring species that we were meant to be. And I think he takes his inspiration from Carl Sagan, um, who's a writer um, and also someone uh, deeply involved in space, because all of those things are a reality. And just as, you know, our forefathers ventured into unknown territory, you know, five or six hundred years ago and, and found America the same way, we need to go out into space and see what's out there and who's waiting for us.
0: <laughs> you know, even governments are getting involved. There's a, a new military division called Space Force. What are your thoughts about security slash military involvement in space and how that plays out with space
2: travel? And, you know, it, it almost seems like Star Wars when you hear about that. I tend not to get political. Um, I think if you just look at the facts, the Department of Defense of this great country spends NASA's annual budget, I think every two or three weeks to protect our great land. And sometimes, uh, spend trillions of dollars fighting uh, over imaginary borders. Um, I think all of the satellites and the technology initially have gone up there in order to protect us. So for that, I I think we all have a lot to be grateful for. Again, the satellites went up there. We now have communication, are able to do these amazing Zoom and Skype calls. I think it's fascinating that the private sector is now so deeply involved in pumping trillions of dollars into the space industry, because when the private sector gets involved, That's when you can really have economies of of scale and private individuals allocating billions, if not trillions of dollars would help leverage and, and change the narrative of that. Then we can focus on vertical farming because that's what we would need to do in order to survive in space. And that would deeply impact our lives here. So maybe we're not wasting as much water to do the farming. And I know I have clients in South Africa that are dealing with a massive water shortage and the things that have been developed for potential uh, Martian habitats have been used in South Africa. And I think they only use one or 2% of the water that's necessary in, in, in regular farming. So... The military and the government pays the way, the private sector takes over and gives it a bit more scale, pumps more money into it and engages the public on a massive level to get everyone's interest and and inspiration.
0: Mm, I love that. Well, Space VIP also offers many other experiences in addition to these space experiences, From deep sea dives to, as you were saying, the space simulation
2: training exercises. So tell us about a few of those. Yeah, we like to call those space adjacent experiences. And one of the coolest ones uh, that we have is the dive to the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest point in the world's oceans, it's about 36,000 feet uh, below. It is a three-day experience where you fly into Guam, you get on a 68-meter research vessel, and you sail for about 22 hours to the point. And then you get into this incredible titanium, unlimited-depth uh, submarine and you dive for four hours to the, to the bottom of the ocean. You spend another three to four hours um, almost in, in darkness, obviously, because it's, it's so deep and the light doesn't penetrate there. But each one of those dives, and there's only been about 21 or 22 people that have done this in the history of time. Each of those dives yields something incredible for science and humanity, and and you're looking at it. amazing organisms that have never been brought to life before. And again, that's affordable, and I say that in quotes because it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and not fifty or, or or sixty million. And I think that's super cool because the ocean is right here. You don't have to go far. You, you don't have to get into a rocket and blast off off this planet to go there. And, and it's interesting to consider, you know, in the history of time, we've only probably explored five to 7% of the world's oceans. And there's probably a lot of interesting things for us to learn down there that could add tremendous value to the way that we live our lives today.
0: What's the craziest thing you've heard of that
2: people have found on these types of trips? You know, that information has been kept pretty hush-hush because it's been the focus of um, of a private venture um, firm and the individual that owns it. I don't know um, w- what they've come up with, but I understand that it's tremendous and it's and it's being kept uh, by the research institutions that um, he's working with. So uh, they're probably synthesizing all of the data and we'll hopefully publish that in the near future for all of us to know. Wow, that makes me even more intrigued. Probably some crazy critters that we've never seen, or, you know, the, the great, great grandfather to the lobster or the langoustine, uh, who knows what goes on, you know, 10,000 meters below uh, the, the Earth's ocean.
0: <laughs> How did you get into all of this? So space travel, was there any events as a, a kid that piqued your interest where you said, you know, this is something I'd like to do as a career?
2: Well, I grew up, I was born in Moscow, Russia in 81, and I grew up seeing um, all these statues and monuments to Yuri Gagarin, who was the first uh, man in space. So there was tremendous national pride in Russia. And when I immigrated to the United States, I was always uh, keen on science. Uh, I didn't pursue a career in that. I ended up in hospitality, which is why I've been working with the ultra high net worth for the last two decades, uh, sorting their lifestyle and, and leisure needs. And when we were approached by the space company in 2018, it just seemed like a logical progression of our existing business because our clients have traveled all over the world So the next logical step is to go off this planet because they've been everywhere and have seen everything. Um, And now we're actually travel agents to the stars, which is might be a bit corny, but is very, very true.
0: What would you say would be the most over the top or difficult experience that you put together for a client?
2: Oh, well, I think it really depends on what your interests are and what you would call difficult. A lot of these things are last minute issues and putting out a fire. We had a client who was traveling to the Galapagos on their private plane and realized the night before that one of their friends left left their passport in another state. So we needed to find the driver, drive to this person's house, get the passport from the house, and then had to charter a plane late at night to fly the passport down to Florida to bring it to the client. So that's not, you know, that's not really over the top. It's something that needed to be done but we've done a lot of really cool and interesting things depending on uh, clients' preferences. So we once had a client flying um, in his private jet and and he's, he decided to stop in St. Petersburg and we were able to organize a private concert of classical music in one of the cathedrals on moment's notice. Um, speaking of, of Russia, the same client came back sometime later and wanted to... Um, to experience the peacock clock in the hermitage so we needed to get the engineer who was on vacation who is the only person trained to start this clock because it was a gift from i believe one of the french royalty to the russian monarchy so but it's all really fun you know we get to do really cool and interesting things for a lot of wonderful and interesting people
0: you know roman at southwestern family of companies we have team members all over the world uh, we have Russian team members. We have uh, you know Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, all over Eastern Europe, Kazakhstan, you name it. And I love building bridges between countries where the people come together with a common cause, a common interest to eradicate divisiveness. And with you being an immigrant from Russia, I'd be interested in your perspective and how space specifically, but I think space and sports are the two things that people have commonality with. Do you see this as a bridge between countries to help bring people together and realize
2: we're all humans here? You know, what I'll say is, is that it should be a bridge because right now what's happening is China is racing the United States, who's racing uh another country whether it be the uae or someone else and everyone wants to get to space first so they could be you know this generation's imperialists and put their flag and say this is this is mine and what we should be doing i think will be a lot more productive if we said okay i'm russian i have a really great rocket you're chinese you have really amazing efficient fuel uh okay the uae has an amazing engineer who is uh figured out the algorithm to help us do X, Y, Z. Let's unite in our efforts uh, to make greater advancements rather than kind of huddling in our own separate corners and saying, oh, I'm going to try to beat him because this is one of those things where we need to come together. You know, I think if you reflect on COVID for a moment, that was an interesting, um, That was an interesting exercise of people of the world coming together and realizing that we have a massive problem on our hands and we need to work together to eradicate this awful virus that has plagued us for the last two years. So we need to do something similar with our advancements in space, which is why I love Yuri Milner's quote about, coming together and uniting as as one world. And Mr. Milner is doing fascinating things by trying to send light foils to the neighboring galaxy, Alpha Centauri, just to see if it can be done and to see who else potentially is out there. And again, the only way we're able to do that is if we pool our respective efforts and unite in one mission. And hopefully that'll allow us to be less secretive and kind of, you know, get out of our own way. Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I just think we're so petty sometimes. And, and it's totally unnecessary, especially if we're trying to do bigger and better things. It kind of seems simple to me. And I think that's what all of the astronauts who experience the overview effect talk about. It's, it's our planet. We inhabit it. Let's figure out a way to work together.
0: Man, that's beautiful. Look, you've alluded to this a couple of times and I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on the Pentagon has recently released video footage of UFOs. And you you've mentioned that we're we're sending some kind of test vehicle into other galaxies to try to find light. So what are your thoughts on
2: extraterrestrial
0: life and these UFO footages that are now on the Pentagon website and all of that.
2: Honestly, I've always thought that UFOs existed. We can't possibly be the only intelligent species in this whole massive universe. I mean, it it, it would be so selfish and self-centered to think that we're the best thing since sliced bread I think those little droplets in the media is maybe the government uh, presenting it to us in small palatable bites to get us ready for the actual announcement saying, hey, uh, we're telling you what a lot of you have already known. And that's the fact that UFOs um, exist. So I don't really buy into conspiracy theories or any and things like that, but it's it seems quite obvious to me. And I'd like to consider myself fairly uh, objective individual. You know, what would happen if the government said UFOs exist? Is it going to be worldwide panic? But in actuality, I don't know if there's anything to be concerned about. Listen, if 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 they come through and like in independence, they want to wipe us out, then that's what's going to happen. We'll use all the rockets, and nuclear weapons that we have and try to fight them. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. So I think it's 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 incumbent upon us to be to be objective to be fluid and process things as they come versus panicking and and living in in the what if.
0: Yeah, I agree it's more intriguing and interesting and exciting. We we live in one of the most exciting if not the most exciting time in the history of the world and It's so great, Roman, that you're taking action and you're part of the innovation. You're dedicating your life and your career to helping other people experience things that at one point was just a dream. And now it is a possibility for a reality for either them or their kids or their grandkids to have these experiences and hopefully have a positive impact on the world.
2: Thank you, Dustin. It really means a lot to hear you say that. We're also in the process of building out a space prize where we'll be promoting women in STEM, and like I can't really talk um, a lot about it because it's uh, it's still in the initial stages. But that's something that it'll be a worldwide contest uh, to promote women in STEM because they've been in you know really underserved community within the aerospace uh, industry. So we hope to announce that in the next six to 12 months and and do a massive worldwide push and i think that'll cultivate and inspire a lot of people to refocus on this
0: well i think our listeners have experienced a lot of new information that they probably did not know before this interview about the possibility of space and so appreciate you being on the action catalyst today if anyone wanted to uh, get more information about you or Space VIP, what's the best way?
2: We're on Instagram. They could email me at rc Roman at spacevip.com or info at spacevip.com. You can find us on Instagram um, and, and reach out. We'd be happy to engage. We've been getting a lot of amazing feedback from people saying, thanks so much for building a site like this uh, that makes it easy for us to understand space and all that's going on. We still have a lot more heavy lifting to do, but we look forward to connecting with um, anyone that expresses interest. We're looking for interns that might be able to assist us. So if you have interest, we have stuff for you to do. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Roman. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks, everyone.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.